0: Hi guys, welcome to the by Maddie Marie podcast. I'm your host Maddie Marie, obviously. (laughs) Welcome back to another episode of the by maddie marie podcast disclaimer for this episode i'm having quite literally the worst allergies of my life so i do sound like i am dying rest assured i'm not dying i literally just can't breathe out of my nose but this episode might be fast because it's kind of rough here so let's get into our updates because i have so many so first i went and saw elemental um, over the weekend. Literally, it's my new favorite movie. I thought it was so cute. They had a short before the movie started called, called Carl's Date, and that ties into Up, and it was adorable. It was so cute, and anyways, the movie was 11 out of 10. I did go to Cinemark. Please don't hate me. Apparently, this is a hot take. Cinemark popcorn is better then Megaplex popcorn. I do have a movie pass to both movie theaters so that I can see a plethora of movies every month because I have an addiction to the movie theater, but I do prefer going to Megaplex only if you buy luxury seats though. It's only worth it to go to Megaplex if you buy the luxury seating. Anyways... We're gonna move on. The movie, Elemental, had a few like funny jokes targeted for the older audience, so that was kind of fun because it is like a kid's movie. But I thought it was adorable. You should go see it. Let me know what you think. I thought it was amazing. Next, we're gonna be starting a new segment um, all about conspiracy theories because these, I could talk about conspiracy theories all day long. So this is one that actually was found to be true and the theory was that the cia was con like conducting mind control experiments in like the 50s so this did turn out to be true and i'm gonna dive into it a little bit so mk ultra is the experiment name you can literally look up on the cia's website um or like google it and it'll take you to the cia's website Anyways, the basis of this is in April of 1953, Alan Dooley's duels gave a speech um, on the battle of men's minds in war, um, and they called it brain warfare at the time. The CIA, basically, they, came, they became convinced that the communists had discovered a drug or a technique that would control human minds because they were having like american people come back from like the soviets brainwashed and like preaching what they were preaching so they were convinced the cia began its own secret program called mk ultra to basically just search for a mind control drug that could be weaponized literally this research blew my mind dude that's insane But another conspiracy theory that I kind of have that ties into it is that like drugs actually like open your perception even like they might disorient you but maybe that disorientation is like actually reality and we're currently living if you're living soberly you're living not anyways we're gonna move on. (laughs) So back to MKUltra. So it was LSD And in the early 50s, the scientists behind the program, his name was Sidney Gottlieb. I don't know how to say the names. I'm sorry. Anyways, he became known as the man who brought LSD to America. He was like the godfather of the LSD situation. Anyways, he arranged for the CIA to purchase the world's supply of LSD for $240,000. And they would give... LSD to patients, oftentimes without their consent, he basically sent this $240,000 worth of LSD. Mind you, this is the 1950s. It's a lot of LSD. He sent it to like psych hospitals and to people who were injured, and prisoners would like volunteer for this super cool experiment. Like one guy, was involved in this experiment and told it would like cure his cancer while he was in prison but he later found out that he was like actually completely screwed over anyways they would oftentimes torture these people so a lot of people would go through like electro shock and the idea was that they would shock away the existing mind and then find a way to insert something new into that void that they shocked Obviously they couldn't do the second half of that and they literally just like ruined people's lives. Some people died from it like anyways this conspiracy theory, I cannot believe that it like was real life. Like weaponizing a so-called mind control, you've got to be insane. Like that's 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 not ethical. Anyways, To be featured or to have a conspiracy theory featured, I will be posting a question box on my Instagram every week for you to submit conspiracy theories that you're thinking of. So stay tuned. I also send out a newsletter. So I will link my Instagram um, with that on the day that I post. So beware, sign up for my newsletter and please send in your conspiracy theories. I'd love to do some research on them. Anyways, we are going to dive into this week's episode. Today we're talking about motivation versus discipline and how you can use them together because I feel like it's misconstrued that they're oftentimes like linked when they're really not, but they can coincide and like work as a team to cultivate your success. So we're going to dive into that. Okay. First thing we're going to talk about is motivation. So, motiva- the definition of motivation is the reasoning behind behavior that somebody has. It is like the primary reason that someone has for doing something. Okay? I feel like that's pretty self-explanatory. I feel like we all can grasp the concept of motivation, but I do feel like it's gotten like misconstrued. Like motivation does not just appear out of thin air anyways we're going to deep dive into the psychology of motivation starting with Maslow's hierarchy of needs so the pyramid from top to bottom starts with physiological needs including breathing food water shelter clothing and sleep second level is your safety needs that includes being healthy having a job property and family the third level is social needs That includes love, belonging, friendship, intimacy, a sense of connection. Um, The next level is esteem needs. So this dives into like confidence, achievement, respect, feeling like a unique individual. The top of the pyramid is self-actualization. And that's the nitty-gritty of morality, creativity, acceptance, inner potential, your purpose in life. That's all at the top. So... That all links in to motivation because we want to complete the pyramid. That's a significant motivator, right? We all want to live to our full potential, be creative. We need, we need connection. We need sleep. We need food, water. Anyways, there are different types of motivation that we're going to go over. So first is external motivation, which is being motivated by the reward of completing something, and that reward wouldn't happen if you didn't complete it. So for example, if you work overtime, you're gonna get paid more. Your paycheck will be bigger because you worked extra hours. So that like is driven by external forces, but it still is a motivating factor. The next type of motivation is interjected motivation. This is self-image, ego-based motivation that drives you to perform. So the example for this one is staying longer in the office to be perceived as a harder worker because that will fuel your ego, that will boost your self-image, that will boost your confidence, but there's not really a tangible reward, right? The next one is identified motivation so this is personally important goals and values driving your action so an example for this one is putting in extra hours on a project that you're personally invested and aligned with uh because it like identifies with you right um the last type of motivation is intrinsic motivation and that is pushing for a goal because of the enjoyment and stimulation that comes from that goal. So spending more time at work, simply because you enjoy the job and you're energized by using your skills and the effort that you put in. Um, So these four types of motivation are super helpful if you can identify what your goals are. And we're going to dive into that a little bit later. So I'm going to put a pin in it. Um, But the concepts of motivation, there's three pillars. So one is direction. And that's where you're trying to go. What are you trying to do it's basically another way of saying what are your goals the second one is effort how much effort are you actually willing to give your goals right how much energy can you put into it the last pillar is persistence which ties directly in to discipline and it's how long and consistent can you actually put that set effort in um So that I'm also going to put a pin in. I know this is kind of annoying, but we do still need to talk about discipline. However, there's one more section of motivation I'd like to go over. So there are reasons that you lack motivation and burnout, stress, feeling overwhelmed and not having clear goals are all going to like decrease your motivation significantly. For example, I think Arrive when I stick to a pretty strict routine and I'm still getting used to that routine because I'm recently single and I'm recently navigating co-parenting and having a toddler a strict schedule is just not going to happen in general there's so many things that happen every day that are unpredictable um And obviously I would like to just maximize my time with my daughter. So I'm not going to like force her or us to stay on a strict non-forgiving schedule, right? However, my motivation significantly decreases when I don't have any form of structure. So there's kind of a balance that I have to find between a strict schedule and like a simplistic routine that has like basic elements that I need to hit. So that's where motivation and discipline kind of hit each other on the head in my life because they work together in that situation of if I'm disciplined to sticking to these few things that need to happen for my routine to stay in place, then I'm motivated to actually continue and I'm energized to have the best day. So that's just something to keep in mind. Pinpointing what is actually causing you to lack motivation will inevitably help you fix your lack of motivation so now we're going to talk about discipline um discipline is the practice of following a code of behavior or controlled habits and it's taken from the root i believe it's latin anyways the root of it is to learn and i feel like discipline has become so toxic we're going to touch on this really quickly Because as a parent, it's important to realize that disciplining is not administering punishment. I looked up the definition of it, and the top, like, three definitions were training a person to behave a certain way using punishments. I don't like the word punishments because I feel like things things have natural consequences. Obviously, I understand the need to, like, enforce certain rules. And when they're broken, there should be a natural consequence. Like, if you don't finish your dinner, you don't get to eat dessert. That's a natural consequence in my eyes. And, like, if you're rude to someone and they don't accept your apology and they don't want to hang out with you, that's a natural consequence. Right? Like, that's a consequence to your shitty behavior. Anyways, discipline is also like, if you break down the word, it also leads to disciple, which is just someone who learns. So it's our job as parents to simply teach, not to like negatively enforce your kids to be how exactly how you want them to be. One thing that has helped my perspective on this is like, I know my daughter's two years old, but she's still her own person. She's still her own individual. She could have her own way of doing things that is perfectly logical and reasonable. So I don't have any reason to force her to do things my way just because that's how I find logical and reasonable to do it. So there, there is kind of a partnership there while still understanding that I'm the parent, Right. So, it's just understanding that discipline is teaching, not administering unnecessary consequences and punishments, because negative reinforcement simply never works. All it's going to do is make someone feel shittier, and the only thing that is going to come of it is, yes, the behavior might stop, but there will be resentment, there will be hateful feelings, there will be hurt feelings, there there could be un- repairable damage done when you use negative reinforcement like it literally does not work look into it like there's actually psychology behind that (laughs) positive reinforcement will work teaching an actual lesson to be learned will work rather than enforcing unnecessary things anyways that was kind of a tangent so the psychology behind discipline is in this context is self-control So there's three pillars of self-control. Impulse control. Um, For example, like a lot of the times, the first example that came to my head was like snacking. Like I'm a snacker. I want to just basically be eating all day long. I love little snacks. An impulse to snack and having the discipline to not because I know I should have a healthy meal at X time and that I had a snack 30 minutes ago, that would be impulse control. Second is emotional control. Um, I am an emotional person. If you look into your human design, like there is a pillar of that, that explains your emotions. I'm pulling mine up. Um, and mine is emotional authority. So like I best make decisions, based off my emotional intuition so naturally I'm an emotional person I'm empathetic and I'm base a lot of my decisions off emotion when in reality I need to and have learned to obviously mix in some reality into those emotional decisions so emotional control could be something like I'm upset I'm going to do x y and z when in reality those are like irrational responses okay so emotional control is learning to separate your emotions from reality and make conscious decisions based on what is actually happening and what the facts are because a lot of the times your emotions obviously your perception is right to you but if you look at the bigger picture your emotions could cloud some other perspectives that could be beneficial so it's good to separate yourself from your emotions especially when you have big decisions to be made and that has honestly been one of the best lessons that I've learned how to do like controlling emotional impulses and being able to like self-regulate meditate breathe and just be patient like my patience you I am astonished dude (laughs) like I've just learned to ride the wave and be chill it's insane when you realize and like can actively work on things and i'm not saying like my patience was out of pocket or anything but just some dialing in is really beneficial and i think emotional control and patience tie really close together and patience is something you're always going to need and whether you like consider that being patient in personal life and work life and whatever You just need to be patient with everybody because you never know what's going on in someone else's brain and that's something that i've been i've like focused on for a long long time is you never know what's going on in someone's brain so you should always lead with kindness and sometimes you don't have the patience for that so pushing your bandwidth on patience is important and crucial and you should extend your tolerance anyways the last pillar of self control is movement control. Um, that one's just controlling your body, clearly. Um, some people are violent, so this could bleed into that. Um, and like controlling, not punching something, you know, I don't know. It's not really something I struggle with. So, anyways, movement control is the third pillar. Um, the basis of discipline is just choosing to deny immediate gratification to overall reach long-term success or a long-term goal having discipline is crucial if you want any form of success that's going to last because if you don't and you choose to have immediate gratification you're giving into like an addiction almost you're going to get addicted to always having that immediate rush of serotonin and dopamine when if you have discipline and at first you're gonna hate it dude at first you're gonna be grumpy like at first if you want to wake up I have I know I bring this up every time but I'm proud of myself because I used to not be a morning person and I have like coached myself into it and getting up at 5am is hard I still my alarm is one of those like sunrise alarms so it's like a slow anyways whatever as soon as it actually wakes me up i am grumpy (laughs) but my discipline and motivation to get up overweigh the grumpiness right i get my ass out of bed so choosing i mean my immediate gratification would be sleeping my immediate gratification would be laying my head back down on my pillow closing my eyes hitting snooze and going back to bed But that's stupid that I would wake up even grumpier if I did that. And I know that. So that is another motivator to getting out of bed on time. Anyways, we're going to talk about causes of lacking discipline um, since we kind of touched on that in the motivation portion as well. So first, running from the hard things is a common reason why you lack discipline and this links to like a genetic and biological function in your brain of fight or flight because as soon as something gets hard and as soon as something stretches out of your comfort zone your brain is immediately going to trigger fight or flight and your sensitivity to fight or flight is strictly correlated to the trauma that you've experienced and like how curated your brain is to emergency like if you're constantly in a state of fight or flight like you're always running right you're not you're not going to have self-discipline but as soon as you can coach your brain into saying like these things are not life-threatening you don't need to freak out you can train your brain and you can kind of biohack it to only trigger fight or flight when it actually is a near death or like an important scenario when you could utilize it but you do have to have the discipline to like trick your brain into not immediately triggering fight or flight because once you release that cortisol dude that's no bueno anyways the next uh, cause of lack of discipline is you're just going to choose comfort and this ties into the immediate gratification if you're always staying comfortable you're never taking risks and let me tell you nothing good happens when you just don't take risks that's stupid you will never be satisfied. You'll never be happy because, the, like risks, obviously are a double-edged sword. One on one end, you could have the best outcome. On the other end, it could ruin your life, right? But nothing good is ever going to come from like just staying comfortable and just doing, you know what feels good all the time. Sometimes you need to step out of your comfort zone. Um, the next one is lacking motivation and willpower. I think these correlate because willpower is gonna drive your motivation. And like I said, we're gonna touch on that in a minute, but lacking motivation, lacking the willpower to actually commit to things, you just won't have self-discipline. They they work together, so that won't happen. The last cause that I am gonna mention on here is fear of failure and a negative self-image. And this, you need to do some like shadow work on and you need to really turn the mirror on yourself and look inside of yourself and say why am I actually scared of sticking to this why am I scared of of actually having the self-discipline to make this happen why do I think of myself so poorly what is holding me back what beliefs what limiting beliefs am I holding on to that are holding me back from achieving my goals and that is something that ties back to the motivation of the um hierarchy of needs the top pillar is self actualization and at that point once you're able to truly like look at yourself identify what needs to be fixed and have the mental capacity to change it like you've unlocked it you've got the trick to your discipline and you can do anything okay so truly it comes down to being willing to actually put in the work and the effort and doing the nitty gritty getting your hands dirty Because that's the only way you're going to actually see clear results. So we're going to talk about building discipline. And it stems right from that. So step one is becoming self-aware and acknowledging your weaknesses. I know we live in a society where like social media is everyone's form of communication nowadays. And all you see on there is a highlight reel. So self-actualization is hard because you always want to be looking at the best of the best. And you obviously want to look at yourself that way too but you need to be able to like look in and constructively criticize yourself in a way that you can just become aware of your weaknesses so that you have a starting point for your self-discipline and the goals that you can make and the second one is outlining your goals clearly you shouldn't say I want to be rich right if your goal is to be rich you should say I will have fifty thousand dollars in my bank account and no debt if that is what you quantify as rich, right? And the third step is you need to break your goals into actionable tasks and plans so that you can carry out your goals successfully. Um, The next part is removing temptations and don't fall into the distractions. TikTok has literally altered your attention span. Same with Instagram Reels, same with YouTube Shorts. Uh, short form video content in essentially any form has altered your attention span. You get sucked into the black hole death trap. Trust me, I know, I've been there. And you're used to a seven second, and that's immediate gratification, seven second dopamine hit every video. And you can swipe and get a new hit of this, okay? So it is literally altering your attention span. That is a temptation and that is going to alter your ability to successfully have self-discipline. The next one is change your personal tolerance for discomfort. You need to be able to feel a little bit uncomfortable because like I said, that's the only time you're going to actually trigger a change in your routines, in your habits, in your body, in your mind. You can biohack your brain but the only way to do that is to be a little bit uncomfortable and i'm not saying like force yourself into dangerous situations that is not the kind of discomfort that i'm saying you need to just change your tolerance so that you can step outside of your comfort zone obviously safely the next one is visualize your long-term goals this ties in with manifestation and meditation um which i've had episodes on already so check those out um and then the last one is recovering from mistakes effectively so this ties in directly with the first one it's kind of like a circle i guess so if you can acknowledge your weaknesses and then if you make a mistake throughout this entire process you need to be able to re-acknowledge your new weaknesses and your mistakes and you need to be able to think quick on your feet And come up with a quick action plan to just not let it happen, right? To just change how things happen so that you can avoid these same mistakes from repeating over and over and over again. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. So you need to be able to recognize like, hey, I've been in this loop. What do I need to do to change it so that it's no longer looping so that it becomes a parallel or an exponential growth curve? Okay, that was fucking math. Sorry, dude. Anyways, we're gonna jump into using these two together. These are kind of like the yin, yang, the yin and yang of success. And utilizing discipline and motivation and biohacking. Um, you can just consistently up level and like quantum leap your life. So motivation is not everlasting. It comes in waves and it will ignite off action. So a common misconception with this is that motivation is what sparks action, not the other way around. However, that's not the case. You get more motivated when you're already doing something. For example, if you're being creative and like you're having writer's block or a block in your brain that's not allowing you or you're just not feeling it, you know, you're not vibing with whatever you're doing. If you do something, if there's action, go on a walk. Like, you need to actually move your body, use your brain, and you will become motivated. It Like, you just will. Trust me. Discipline is a self-taught, hard-earned practice that can be everlasting. And it leads to the action that will fuel your motivation. So, if you utilize discipline to curate your morning routines, to curate your daily habits, to curate how you generally, generally, wow, that was difficult, generally think you can biohack yourself into utilizing your discipline to motivate you and just have a loop of discipline, motivation, discipline, motivation, the action from your discipline sparks a creative thought. And The recipe for success is discipline first plus motivation equals success. Good self-discipline inspires and maintains your healthy habits. And motivation comes from those actions from your healthy habits. And then consistency is like the magic ingredient that you have to sprinkle into your discipline or nothing will stick. If you are not consistent in your discipline, it's not actually discipline. Like you could say, oh, I got up early yesterday, but I rolled out of bed at 10 a.m. today. That's not discipline. That's you did it once. Good job. Um, One thing I do want to touch on is I don't really like the be realistic ideology. Realistic is limiting. So when you're starting your discipline journey and like building your own discipline, um, you're going to want to start small. And small can be different for everybody. My small was getting up early and then I've established like, my routines based off of actually getting my ass out of bed, but you're going to want to pick something that you can actually do. Like, realistically, I could get my butt out of bed. That's something I could have the self-discipline for. Realistically, I can release a podcast episode every week and two blog posts every week, and I can send out my newsletters. So if I have the discipline to do that, I'm going to stay motivated to actually do it. But if I was going to say, I'm going to release a new podcast episode every single day, I'm going to write four blog posts a week. I'm going to send out a newsletter every single other day. Like that's not something I can do. I have a toddler that I want to spend time with. Okay. That in and of itself is not, is just, is enough motivation for me to say, no, I'm going to set my limits here and here. So you don't have to dive in head first to everything all at once. Remember, to start with the discipline structure that we talked about pick out a few of your weaknesses that you're realizing that you would like to focus on first pick one and set a goal for that accomplish that you need to do that for like 66 days to actually instill it as a routine and as a habit and then once you've hit that and it's part of your life and it's just habitual then pick your next week weakness or halfway through. If you feel confident that you're going to stick to it, add in another one, but you do habits are created on a 66 day, like regimen and you should look into it because that is a way to like biohack your routines. I know it kind of takes a long time, but you can literally just change how your brain works in 66 days. So anyways, I hope this was helpful. I hope that you, took something from this that is useful and that you're able to practice some self-discipline. And I'm so excited to talk to you guys next week. Have a great taco Tuesday. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week for more of the by Maddie Marie podcast. As always, please drop a five-star review and all my socials and my blog are linked in the description. I'll talk to you guys next week and have the best taco Tuesday.